Hi everyone, welcome to Elevate the Day. My name is Jennifer Cavello and I'll be your host for this weekly podcast where I share my walk with God, the lessons he's teaching me, and how my life has been transformed because of my personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus. We're in season two of Elevate the Day and the theme is beauty for ashes. What does that mean? Well, you'll have to tune in to find out. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to season two of Elevate the Day. I hope you got a chance to listen to last week's show because today, thanks to the feedback of one of my loyal listeners, Miss Suzette, I'll be continuing to talk about those three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and their amazing Beauty for Ashes story. If you missed the show, here's a quick recap. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the stories in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verses 19 through 30, if you want to read it. And oh yeah, I suggest you do. So these three men were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to worship the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And they wouldn't worship his false idols. That's what happened in those days. If you didn't do what the king wanted, well, let's just say it didn't turn out so well for you. And because of their refusal to worship the king like a god, he ordered them to be thrown into the furnace. And the heat turned up seven times higher. It was so hot, in fact, that the men who were charged with tying them up and throwing them into the furnace died. They basically died in the doorway. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not die. In fact, when the king looked into the furnace, he saw the three of them walking around, along with another man whom he referred to as the Son of God. So let's talk a bit about what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after the Son of God, Jesus, saved them from the fiery furnace. I'll be reading from Daniel again, chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. Now, this is King Nebuchadnezzar speaking. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together And they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. First of all, let's just park for a moment on the fact that these three guys just walked out of a fiery furnace. Okay, crazy. Then let's consider that not a hair on their heads was touched. Their clothes were not burned, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, I don't know about you, but I've gotten burned a lot in my life. And let me tell you, not only was my hair singed, but my skin blistered. And I was only touching a hot surface, like a stove or a curling iron. And those blisters and the pain lasted for days. And, you know, how many times have we burned dinner? Okay, well, maybe you haven't, but I sure have. (laughs) And yeah, that smell doesn't go away for a while, right? 
So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were in a fiery furnace, they walked out without even a blister and no smell of fire was on them at all. There was no evidence that they had even gone into the furnace. It was like it never happened. But wait a minute, it gets better. It says in verse 30 that they got promoted. They got a promotion by the very king who condemned them to death. Now, let's unpack some of this amazing story and compare it to our lives today, because I, I bet it's a little hard to imagine that this same thing could happen to you or me. True, it's highly unlikely that we will be thrown into a fiery furnace by a king, but we are thrown into trials and tribulations from time to time, yes? Perhaps you've lost a job or a marriage has failed. You might be struggling to pay your bills right now. You or a loved one is sick or maybe dying. Maybe you've been abused verbally, physically, or emotionally. Maybe your kids are addicted to drugs or alcohol. So these are big trials, right? But we also have little ones too. You know, those annoyances that get our goat every day, like our car breaks down or our boss is making unfair demands of us, or we get stuck in traffic or we lose our internet connection while we're trying to do our work. <laughs> Okay, that one's a little personal to me. And if you're a subscriber to my Elevate the Day blog, you have read all about my internet troubles. So uh, there's lots of trials, right? Every day. But because of Jesus, we don't have to go through them alone. We have him alongside us in every one of our fiery furnaces. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, we can call upon our Father in heaven at any time for help to be with us as we walk through these trials. Now, remember what I said last week, we will have trials, okay? No getting around that. But Jesus is our way through them. You see, when we try to fix stuff ourselves, we get frustrated, we get overwhelmed, we get stressed out. We get anxious over the how when what we should be doing is feeling at peace with the who. That who is Jesus. He knows what we're going through. He experienced a bazillion trials when he was here on earth. And let me tell you, some of the stuff we're going through is a walk in the park compared to what Jesus went through. But how do we do this? How do we rely on Jesus to help us with computer problems and missed out parking spaces and COVID restrictions and well, you name it. First, we have to believe, we have to have faith. Our buddies, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were oozing with faith, so much so that they were willing to die for it. They knew that they knew that they knew that even if they did die in that furnace, they would go to heaven. They also knew that they could be saved entirely from the furnace and that they would come out even better than ever for it afterwards. They knew this because they knew God. They knew his character and his promises. They knew that he would not let them down. They knew about Noah and how he and his family were saved from the flood. They knew about Abraham and the fact that he and his wife, Sarah, had a baby at 100 years old 
Even Abraham knew that God would come to the rescue. You see, God told Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. And as hard as it was for Abraham to be obedient to God's command, he obeyed. Why? Well, <laughs> the same reason that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. God's promises. God promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations, right? So if Isaac didn't survive, then this couldn't be true, right? God couldn't make Abraham a father of many nations if he didn't have a son, right? God made a, Abraham a promise. And Abraham knew that God doesn't make a promise he doesn't plan to keep. You see, when you know who God is and you know all about his promises that he has kept through thousands of years, then you become like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Abraham, and Moses, and David, and you name them. You know like you know like you know that God will take you through whatever challenge you are facing. This is why it's so important to spend time with God, to get to know who he is, you do this by reading the Bible, his word. This is where you can learn all about who God is, what his promises are, what he has done for others, and what he will do for you. Now, there are many people who think the Bible is just a history book instead of the inspired word of God. And, you know, um, I feel bad for those people. They're really missing out on a lot. But I digress. Now, you might be saying, well, how do I really know God will do these things? Well, first, you have to know that God is a man of his word. Every single time in the Bible where God made a promise, he kept it. Every single time. How many people do you know who do this? No one. <laughs> oh, sure, we all make promises. But how many of us always keep them? We have good intentions of keeping them, but, you know, life happens. Someone promises to take us to the store, but they forget. Someone promises to call at a certain time, but they get caught up in other things. They promise and promise and promise, but they don't deliver. And when this happens, we lose our trust in other people, right? They can't be relied on. Their words don't match their actions. That's who people are, but that's not who God is. God doesn't make promises he can't keep. If he says something, he means it. If he says he'll do something, he will do it. End of story. You see, as humans, it's hard for us to have faith in something or someone we can't see. However, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, to do just that. For we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are a cynical people. We've been hurt disillusioned, let down by so many people, places, and things that it's hard to not want proof in our hands that someone will do as they say. It's a rare thing to have a friend or a loved one actually do what they say they'll do, right? Those people who you can count on in a pinch, who are there every time we ask for help. We call them angels or godsends, right? In fact, when people do what they say they'll do, we're kind of shocked, aren't we? We're surprised. But God's not like that. He's always there in a pinch. He's always there when we need him. He never abandons us or forsakes us. 
as it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And again, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And again, in John chapter 14, verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Just look at how many times God said he would be there for us. Four times. And those are only the verses that specifically say these words. There are many, many other times in the Bible where God says he'll be there for us. And why wouldn't he? He created us. We're his children. If you're a parent listening to this podcast, would you ever abandon your kids? Would you leave them to suffer? Would you just kick them to the curb and say, yeah, go ahead, figure it out on your own? No, of course you wouldn't. So why do we think God would do this? Why do we think that our creator, our father in heaven would do this? Why do we think that stuff is too hard for God? Nothing is too hard for God, nothing. He got three men out of a fiery furnace without as much as a blister on their fingertip. He pulled a man, Daniel, out of the mouth of a hungry lion. Oh yeah, <laughs> and let's not forget God's biggest triumph, raising Jesus from the dead. Uh, hello? And I'll bet that God has gotten you out of a pickle or two. I'll bet that he saved you from some sort of trouble. You might not have known it or even given him the credit, but I know that he has. In a few days, we'll be coming up on the anniversary of 9-11. How many stories have we heard about people who were late for work that morning or missed the train or whatever circumstance that kept them home that day? You might say, oh, well, that was just coincidence, Jennifer. No, it wasn't. That was God. Don't you see how he worked a miracle for those people and saved their lives? You see, it's God's desire that we all know him and that all of us one day will be in heaven with him, enjoying his presence, his blessings, and more every single day, just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. That was and still is his plan. It always has been. God doesn't change his mind. Just as it says in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? God's word is his promise. It starts on page one of Genesis, all the way through the last page of the book of Revelation. Like I said, if God says something, it comes to fruition. So, if God says he loves you, he loves you. If God says he will prosper you, he will prosper you. If God says he will heal you, then he will heal you. If God says your sins are forgiven, then your sins are forgiven. 
if God said he will not leave you or forsake you, then he will not leave you or forsake you. I've seen this with my own eyes and experienced in my own life, all of these things and so much more. Once I got it into my guts and knew like I knew like I knew that God loves me, that his promises are always yes and amen, then I began to know what true peace was, the peace that surpasses all understanding, as it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. God enabled me to keep working through this pandemic, a freelance writer, busier than ever, and able to support my family. God healed me years ago when I had a breast cancer scare. God delivered me from a car accident that should have crippled me, possibly even taken my life and that of my baby girl. God healed a woman in my church of blindness right in front of my eyes. He is working miracles every single day for me and for you. Why? Because he loves you. God loves you. Even though we're hot messes down here, making mistake after mistake, doing everything wrong at times, God loves us. Here's the scoop. God doesn't want a long distance relationship. He doesn't want to be your one night stand. He doesn't want to be the God that you take out only when you're in the furnace. He wants to be the God that you talk to every day, just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Just like a loving parent wants to see and talk to their kids every day. God's the same way. Don't put God in a box. Don't make him a 911 emergency God. When you get to know God through his son, Jesus, and you can do that by reading God's word, by hearing the word of God preached, whether it's in a church or on TV or online, by someone who has the anointing to preach, just like it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to increase your faith, you got to hear the word of God every day. However you want to do this is up to you, but I encourage you to make that commitment. If you're looking for God to transform your ashes into beauty, then you got to have faith and believe that he can do it. And he will. Thanks so much for listening in today. I hope you were blessed by this message. Here are the Bible verses I talked about today, and I would encourage you to look them up, read them, memorize them, write them down and put them on post-it notes around your house so that when you do face your own fiery furnace, you declare the word of God, his promise over it, and then know like you know, like you know, that God will get you out and you'll come out smelling like roses. Here are the Bible verses. Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 30. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 18. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. So until next week, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevate the Day. My new book, Finding God, Finding Me, is now available on Amazon in ebook or paperback. This is a true beauty for ashes story and the transformation that God did in me. Pick up a copy today. When you visit my website, jennifercabello.com, be sure to sign up for my weekly Elevate the Day newsletter, which I send out every Sunday morning. And don't forget to follow Elevate the Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I welcome your feedback and ideas for future shows, as well as suggestions for guests. Just go to my website, that's jennifercavello.com, to email me. And be sure to tell your friends about my podcast so you can elevate their day too. God bless you and have a wonderful day.